Welcome to the Big Picture with your host, Harrison Newton. Hit the subscribe and share the word. Hello, Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We've been talking about a lot of dense subjects recently, but a lot of provocative ones and hot, hot topics. Eh? So it's great to have you back to work out what's next on the doomsday list. Thanks. Yeah. And a bit of a pivot change. Obviously, we, were, we got a couple of referendums up. We'll oh. start with a simple one. <laughs> what do you think about euthanasia? I think that one's probably pretty likely to pass, eh? Maybe it's a bit depressing, the subject. It's pretty depressing. <laughs> it is pretty depressing. Well, we'll just scan over it quickly. Are you a yes or a no, and why? Expose myself politically, publicly. Well, at least it's not a party affiliation. <laughs> We're just at least a quarter to a half of people I mean, new just conservative, hate you. New conservative are, are like advertising everywhere about, oh, you can get euthanized without your parents' consent and things like that. So Yeah, real out there, eh? <laughs> Strange concept. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, though, is that, how do you put it? It's, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm for it. And, I mean, they, they, you know, they've got certain rules in place where you have to have two doctors' permissions, blah, 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 things like that. But, I mean, I, I guess the thing is, is that when you either have seen something yourself or someone you care about has seen something like that or been in that position where someone is terminal and they're suffering oh, for the fuck of it. It's basically. horrible. Exactly. <laughs> the thing is, though, is that people why? that haven't experienced that are probably more likely to be no. step back and, and, and be like, oh, no, you know. Because when you actually hear about how people die, like they say die of old age, it's not a no. thing. Normally there's something <laughs> gruesome going yeah, exactly. on. And exactly. It's, Some part it's of your not body like gives a out. fun period. No, no. <laughs> um, but it's a difficult one because obviously on the other side is the idea that, and this is actually a good point, there's incentive for people to let them die. Well, there is now, a yeah, burden the, or inheritance. Because of all of the fucking wealth being held by the older people. The rich boomers <laughs> leaving behind five properties they bought for eight grand. Well, I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's the world they've built, right? Like they were in Damn. control of it and, and got it to that point. And just that successful handover to the younger generation tax-free. Yeah, which is a still generation trust, but in saying that, like, that, that's on the assumption that most of them don't sell their house to pay for their old age care or uh, do, you know, like, oh, now that I'm old, I'm going to do world travel or, yeah, you know, they really start, like, burning start blowing it. it out. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it may not. Down. Yeah, exactly. No, nah, uh, my, my granddad loved like a $15,000 trip, you yeah. know, for like 20 days yeah. or like 30 days, just. Yeah. Pretty gourmet though, and um, the pokies down at the RSA. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there is. I, I do agree. There is. I, I can understand the no, fear, but fear of incentive, worry. right? The fear of incentive that if you if you scone someone off, but I, I don't know if, if someone's suffering and they want to do it. And I mean, re- really, I think it ties into weed in a way because it's a it's a personal decision, and that if it doesn't affect you and it doesn't affect the other people around you and it's it's your choice in your life like why you know and, and the funny thing why is, does someone if, else get a question there yeah and if you're dying if you're dying of something horrible let's say your body's breaking down and, and they will prop you up on fucking morphine and god oh knows my what god. kind of 
the really drugs they pump into exactly. them and it sedates people. Exactly. You just zombifies you for your last last days, you know. But sometimes those last days go on for years and it's like, oof. Yeah. But um but you're right. What what I find quite interesting about these referendums is it's about authoritarianism, which is essentially can someone make decisions for you? Like both of those, like you said, are individual choices. Mm -hmm. There's probably enough research these days for people to make it. Mm -hmm. As a society, do we believe in the fact that some people who who don't want it to be legal or say do it, like instead of them just not doing it themselves personally, Mm. they feel the need to push that on to others Mm. and that okay for them. Like I just feel these days like people can do what they want a little bit as long as they stay within the bounds of not really interfering with others, you know? Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a deep, dark hole. There's always, there's always areas, eh? Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, you can have It's your... just really interesting when you talk to some people how it's like, wow, you know, you're forcing your lifestyle on other people. people. Yeah, exactly. But that's where, as a society, we've got so much more liberal because, God, back in even the 1880s or something, like, pretty much women needed permission from men a lot of the times to... Mm-hmm to do stuff mm. so just this eventual liberalization of freedom to do what the hell you want to do mm. it's probably been the biggest pursuit the last couple of hundred years i think the um and then before it, that it I mean, was like the church true. telling you exactly. what to do and then that's another big thing is like wow. religion's input into so it started society. with the church and then the power shifted to the government yeah yeah the way I look at it, right, and, and obviously new conservative are, are really pushing for this anti, anti-fucking anti end of life or, or, or whatever. You know, the vast majority of adults, let's just say, for example, in sex, have some weird kink, right? Like everyone has one, like, at least one <laughs> thing that they like, right? And, you know, there's some fucking weird shit out there, but then it could be normal to other people. But the thing is, is it's happening behind closed doors so that like head of a from church group or whatever may have his wife and arm um, deep up his ass or god knows what behind closed doors and they're doing it privately right and it doesn't affect anyone else so why is it okay to then go and you know force your beliefs on other people if it's not affecting you if it's happening behind closed doors everyone's consenting and everything's okay mm. What is actually pretty interesting like you said maybe that person passing the judgment is doing something roughly similar like i find it real interesting there's a massive portion of people who are in favor of not legalizing mm. marijuana but who who would do it once in a while maybe or have done it because as, as and it's like statistics like people have tried it right yeah it's like, okay so you tried it so you know, you're the vast majority you tried it and you'll go i tried it and i didn't like it oh, okay fuck off you go son off to jail because that's what you're imposing on other people you got exactly. away with it back then but you shouldn't have got away with it off to jail but that's the hypocrisy the fact that it was okay for them to do it mm-hmm. but they've decided it's not okay for other people to try yeah. and i would say the average person doesn't come out super affected the first time I do see a lot of, there is downsides to it. Of course there is. There's downsides to fucking everything. Um, I mean, you can call the same thing for alcohol. You can call the same thing for the pokies. The pokies. Staying up late. Gaming. (laughs) Gaming. (laughs) God knows what, right? Like everything has its, everything in excess has its downsides pretty much. And not everything fits everyone. Exactly. But the thing is though, is that if it doesn't, if it doesn't affect 
you and it doesn't affect the people around you. There's always going to be people that are affected by it personally when they do it. Like I say, like, you know, you, I don't know, you could have a drinking problem, whatever, with alcohol, right? Or yeah. Be severely overbeast to the point where you're uh, Got the extra large. On, the, on the tax system because of health issues or God knows what, right? Like there's all of these things and those are all perfectly okay. I, I, I think it's exactly the same. There's going to be the same level of pros and cons to it. It's just like, why is this one thing singled out? And I mean, even alcohol, right? Like there are young people going to get their hands on this. Like they're already getting their hands on it. You know, I got my hands on it when I was young. I'm sure you did. I'm sure everyone else did as well. It's like it being legal or not doesn't stop young people getting hold of it. But the difference is though, is that people drink to the point where they die. Young people drink to the point where they die. You can go buy a $5 bottle of fucking vodka and drink it and die. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that, that, that right now an eighteen-year-old can go and do. But you can't, you can't drink uh, five dollars. You, know, you can't <laughs> smoke five dollars. You can't smoke a hundred dollars worth of weed and die. Like you can't die. Oh, right? But alcohol can fucking kill you. Oh, you can go to space, but you can't die. That's for no, sure. No, exactly. <laughs> so um, you know, no one goes. Oh, I went and got my stomach pumped because I was smoking a whole lot of weed. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Oh, like, apparently, in the hospitals, like Friday and night and Saturday night, it's boom time. Mm. Especially three and four in the morning when the the fights come in, and you know, like the falls, but the yeah. fights are the real gnarly ones. I mean, I'm, I'm old it's, now, so I don't I don't get out and about like I used to. But no, when, but. When I was younger, when Even, I was younger, it was the drunk people were picking that's fucking That's what I fights. mean. That's what I mean. It's uh, that's why hospitals are uh, you know grabby towards women or whatever. You know, like for me, I always saw like real downsides to alcohol. But yeah, the juices are weed up. would just sit there and play Tekken or eat food yeah. or I didn't give a fuck about. You know, it was just a very it's just a very different type of person. Yeah. Not that everyone's like that, but I just in my experience, it was like alcohol always brought issues and weed never did. Oh, totally. And yeah. it's quite interesting. I was reading an article yesterday. They think it can generate $1.4 billion of tax revenue mm. a year. Which we're going to need to, to pay back COVID. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the thing is, like you said about addiction, I think a lot of it does relate to mental health issues. Mm. But they're talking about pumping $400 million into that. But the thing, the back thing, into it from that taxes and you go wow the psychological under psychologists yeah they're like two to four hundred dollars an hour probably if i came to you and, and said, south like, aucklanders can't afford that if i said to you i had an alcohol problem you can go get help and there's no stigma attached to that but if you said you had a problem with an illegal drug like people are going to freak out and think you're a fucking yeah, you, you know what I mean. It's harder to get help, I think, when it's illegal because you're scared of, because of the legality of it that the people yeah. around you are going to like hold it against you, or they're going to go to the police about it, and you know you could ruin your life or, or whatever, right? Yeah, and the other thing is you're really defunding the gangs. The gangs make a lot of their revenue, well, especially back in the old day. Yeah, now they import like meth from China and stuff, <laughs> but. In Northland, they used to have all this bush weed where they'd cut out in the native bush, just yeah. patches. Yeah. And the cops, even still to these days, spend most of their money on marijuana yeah. control, trying to cave that in. So it's a huge police expense. And they get in these choppers and they fly around and then find the patches in Northland. And yeah. Gizzy was another hot spot uh, in the 90s and stuff, I think. And just go in and pull them all out and then burn them up and yeah. then move on. 
So defund the gangs, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if gangs are going to get out and vote in mass for anti anti-legalization right? like, you know, it's just just like the just like the boomers with people. their houses are going to be voting to to keep their house prices high oh the yeah gangs vote to keep their marijuana illegal oh <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> damn that's um reverse psychology almost uh, but I like a lot of drug dealers the rulers don't smoke your own supply as biggie small said i think you know it's, it's, it's just, I'm, i mean I'm, I, I'm not a drinker i'm not a smoker but I just don't think I should be telling other people what to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, if they're going to get drunk or stoned and have a fucking brick through my window or something, yeah, that's a matter for the, you know, that's, that's when it's bad. But I mean, the kind of person that's going to do that is going to do it probably with any substance or with no substance. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just weird to tell other people what they can do with their life, in my opinion. That's where I love talking to boomers and in terms of it's, normally um the common trend as you age you get more conservative uh and you get more rigid in your views and just a, a lot of it is sort of it's got to stem out of righteousness yeah. in a weird way that you know what's right if you're telling other people what they can and can't do it means that you know what's right mm -hmm. and that's made up of how many articles you've read on facebook essentially <laughs> these days so that's the scary part is like <laughs> Yeah, it's so much. Yeah, it's, it's scary with the older people now because the the most they consume, they consume so much Facebook, and Facebook is filled with so much fucking. Oh, shit. all the young people are off it. They yeah. can't be bothered. No, it's become a boomer platform. It is definitely is, and and the shit that's on it, and uh, yeah. But the problem with it is, you know, with social media, it's an echo chamber, right? So they want you to stay on the platform longer, so you. You never get fed anything oh, that's, yeah. that's going to uh, contradict contradict your current views. It's going to be, this, yes, I agree. Oh, everyone thinks exactly like I oh, think. Yeah. And that's yeah. the problem is it just makes, embeds it even more. Yeah, but that's the scary thing, man, like that US presidential election's coming up and it mm. makes me feel sick, eh? Mm. Uh, just this is where Reddit's quite an interesting platform that if you filter to the right things, you can see the different sides and, Mm. Oh, it's scary. The Democrats elected a 78-year-old or something who's <laughs> already got a nickname called Slow Joe or something, it's and just... Trump is just ultimate trash talker, and Biden just, yeah, he's got an <laughs> old man sort ever, of like granddad yeah. sort of like colloquialisms and quotes, and you're like, oh, just out of touch, mate. <laughs> Have you ever met a really smart young person? What? Have you ever met like a really smart young person? You're like, fuck that person. You know, like someone in their 20s yeah. and you're like, fuck that person's intelligent. What about a dumbass in their like 60s? Like, fuck that guy's an idiot. Yeah. Exactly. Like, why is it by default the that, best belief is age equals wisdom? You well, know? especially <laughs> especially in the States, they love old people for presidents. Yeah. This is where I actually reckon Jacinda Ardern's a great age. In business, people sort of come to their prime between 35 to 55 mm. in terms of normally we see businesses trying to push people out a little bit after mm. 55. Like at that point, you're either top tier CEO management. How old she? She's like 40, isn't she? She's 39, I think now, or must be coming out 40. But I think she was 38 when she got on. 
but yeah, just like a fresh mind. Thing is, though, that young people don't vote, and old people do, and old people are always gonna. Yeah. The 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 people that vote are always gonna elect someone that represents them in their age or you know their beliefs or their policies. You know what I mean? And it's like as simple as fucking young people just gotta vote, man. Yeah, I think <laughs> this could be another average stat from me, but I think one in three people under thirty didn't vote last time. Yeah. Or maybe even a bit more than it's that. Disgusting. Because it's like, it's your life and your future oh. is going to get fucked more than anyone else because you're going to be around longer. We're the ones paying for everyone's <laughs> retirement. And then we're going to show up and retirement age is going to be 70 bucks. Exactly. A 70. Exactly. Oh, yeah. it's not going to be yeah, pretty. If, if it even exists. Yeah. That's, oh, it'll That's definitely... a whole other argument of like, should, should the pension be means tested oh i reckon <laughs> like you got these rich people in remuera and all it goes to is one half of a europe trip each yeah. year oh yeah oh like, but then you know there's always the argument i paid taxes my whole life do you know what's real funny is um i know a couple of uh, i shouldn't single out remuera <laughs> but um uh are you listening <laughs> <laughs> we have actually i want to get one um i got one Remuera and older mother, shall we say, that yeah. I would love to get on an interview. It's such an yeah. interesting mindset. I thought this is the Daniel Harrison show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a... Cheat on me are, with some other motherfucker. You <laughs> are a popular candidate, say. Eh? We'll see if anyone uh, wants to keep coming on, really, after their <laughs> reputation gets tarnished. But I'm surprised at some... It is going well, which is cool. Oh, and that's what I should bring up is to make sure to hit the subscribe <laughs> so that you will be stay up to date <laughs> with like the, yes, yeah, smash that like button. <laughs> nah, no like buttons with podcasts. What was I saying about Remuware and Housewives? I don't know, but they're listening and they're going to be very offended by what oh, comes out of your mouth. Oh, backpacks. to get the pension, you have to go into work and income which is wins, which is where oh, people go for the yeah, yeah. dole and stuff. And I was talking to one and she was sharing her experience and how she felt when she went into wins at 65 and yeah. how she actually had to go in a couple of times to do it because it was just not, you don't feel happy in there. Yeah. And it was her first ex experience with that other side to life and how actually being on the dole probably isn't fun. So go oh, and get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this, it's just not enough to, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, the cost of living, housing, food, all of that going up through the roof, you know, yeah, income still staying low. And then stuff like the dolls pretty much, you well, know, still after, pretty low. Uh, after like, accommodation, yeah. after accommodation, which I think in Auckland you might be getting 130 you get in the $200 somewhere. Yeah. So you're talking about you can't really maintain a car because, mm. oh, that's not cheap. You got food and maybe 20 bucks of entertainment and power. Mm. Like money disappears. This, this um, is, it's one of the most expensive societies in the Western Hemisphere. It is. And this is why young people have to fucking vote because when they get older, like if we go, keep going on the trajectory we are with the, with the cost of living versus uh, income or, you know, pension or God knows what or dole or whatever, it's just not going to be survivable. It's going to be cool. I collect my dole and then go to the soup kitchen and go sleep under a bridge, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty grim. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how how COVID either doesn't affect or just completely fucks the, the world. 
next year. You know, it feels like we're on a... Everyone thinks it's going to end on the 31st of December, eh? Like, <laughs> there's just this belief, and i got to say, I'm uh, in this boat, like, mm, this is a 2020 problem. Like, yeah. you know, there's going to be a real morale drop when it's 2021 and we still can't leave the country, you know? Yeah. That's a different kettle of fish. Like, yeah. whoa, so ah, we're, we're, in, we're talking about years, not months now. Not just New Zealand, but all countries can't really afford to keep bailing out businesses, to keep nah. bailing out people. That's what uh, they've sort of said now. It has to come to a point. And, and I mean, interest rates can only go so far low, right? Like We're at 0.25% uh, the OCR now, and they're, they're looking at going into negatives. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it can only go so long, you would think, before something has to give, whether it has to be a, a structural change in the way we do things or things just fall over. Like, I, I, oh. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Just... That's where we need to get that tax revenue out, you know, $1.4 yeah. The only thing that worries <laughs> From marijuana, that... you got the yeah. Labor just announced uh, of $180,000 a tax rate of 39%. Yep. Which would it's a tax help. top 2%. Yeah, which means 98% of people are just better off. They reckon that will raise $550 million. So you're talking $2 billion. Mm -hmm. And then if you get, and this is going to be real popular with homeowners, capital gains, or I quite like the wealth tax idea yeah. from the Greens Party at the moment. You pay 1% if you have assets, so minus your liability. So if you have a mortgage mm. over a million dollars and $2 million, it's 2% yeah. each year. But the thing is you can defer the payment until you pass away. Mm. So you won't physically have to take money out of your pocket. Yeah. But there is some sort of – because capital keeps making money. If you got a million dollars in the share market and you make 10% a year, you're making $100,000. If if the government can take 1% of that, it's yeah. only 10%. Yeah. And it just means that there's still revenue coming in from that money that's earning from capital, which is machines, shares, mm. houses, artwork. Mm. Artwork's a great one. I want to, mm. that would be a good industry to get into to start pumping some money. Yeah. They reckon <laughs> art prices have appreciated the most out of any category stocks, houses. Okay, scary. You got like Jay-Z and Beyonce buying like $5 million pieces and selling them for 20 Because what's interesting with that art market, who also owned the painting adds to the value of the painting. Yeah. So if you bought an artwork of Jay-Z, it's worth more because the painting's got a history and a story. It's quite interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, think of the Mona Lisa. That got, I'm pretty sure, like, the story of the Mona Lisa, like, there was a guy who sort of took it. It was stored away in a closet for a while or something. Mm. The story adds to the the power of it. And normally you want the artist to be dead because that adds to the rarity, which adds to the value. So mm -hmm. it's a bit sad, but one of the best tactics, I reckon, is you want to get artists maybe just before they pass away right, so because be... there'll be an instant jump when they pass away because that's their work's complete you know yeah. we have got a set supply of picassos you know so i need to either start painting or buy a whole lot of artwork convince two doctors to end my life <laughs> and that way my kids can afford to buy a house yeah yeah make sure it's some good paintings though <laughs> eh? <laughs>
Wow. <laughs> Jim, Jim Carrey, I actually watched a video. He started painting and I feel like it's just another ploy to make money because he had this really emotional story yeah. about how he used to draw as a kid and now he paints and it's like, this dude was pumping out painting. Like he's selling these. Yeah. So he's selling his brand yeah. in the paintings. And I looked at the paintings and some of them are pretty abstract, but a bit colorful for me. Yeah. I'm like, damn, this guy's making money off his brand through a new medium, which is art, mm. which is, I don't know. Every rich person's hobby these days is buying important pieces. Like I remember I went to a university in the States and they had like a art gallery and they had a couple of small Picassos. So Picasso actually did thousands of like little mm. drawings and stuff. And even a university in Richmond has it in their like little collection as well as a mummy. They yeah. had a university mummy. So it's quite trippy. Like, well, in the States, university is much more of a pride. So they have an endowment fund, which people invest into and then, so at the university I went to, they had $2 billion invested, which they're making like 8% a year on to pay for more fancy stuff. And people would donate like a mummy. One person donated a dessert cafeteria so I could go get <laughs> fresh cheesecakes yeah. every day and gain eight kilos. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it was very trippy. Yeah. It's a very trippy setup. Yeah. Let's not get started on that. Or fraternities <laughs> and sororities. That's another deep, deep eco yeah. social economic hole yeah. of in-group, out-group dynamics. Oh, yeah, there's so much <laughs> money out there. Eh? But yeah. It's not in my pocket. Yeah. Actually, the biggest sponsor of that university was the inventor of ChapStick. So one of the guy invented ChapStick, and I think he donated like $200 million to the university of ChapStick. Yeah. And like chapstick's a weird one because it's a self-fulfilling product. Essentially, yeah. you put it on, it cracks your lips, <laughs> and you put it on again for this hour of moisture and then yeah. four hours of pain. Yeah. God, you see some girls pumping that stuff on hourly. Yeah. It becomes like a small addiction to a lot of it people. Does so much, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Another good one is the people you can get vapor. What's that stuff you used to rub on your chest? Vapor, oh, Vicks Vapor Rub. Vicks Vapor Rub. Yeah. You can get it in a little tube now and just sort of oh, yeah, smell yeah, it yeah. with your nose yeah, and a little. Just, yeah. Yeah. Some people just, just a little bit of hit of that, like, gets them off, <laughs> eh? It's good, man. I, um, I don't, I don't like the idea of people getting off on sniffing Vicks, and I think we should have a referendum <laughs> to tell people what to do with their lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> In toad, I have a bit of monotone eh, in my voice. Really? Yeah, which is not great. What about me? No, yeah. you're great. You're. Uh, it's actually interesting. Monotone. People, people really pick up on the voices, and a lot of the feedback I've had is around the voice. And apparently, you have a great voice. I apparently, hate it's my voice. It's one of those weird things it's, you hear yourself speaking. Oh yeah. Like, Fuck. But your voice, someone was telling me it's like masculine and calming, but not masculine. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that means. You know, some dudes, like I think Bruce Willis and stuff, it sounds like they got a dry throat and it's like You could die, you motherfucker. No, it's it's like <laughs> raspy. Like you know the raspy male yeah. voice? I find I smoke that for like Huh? Friggin how long did I smoke for? Maybe twenty Too long. Minutes. 
<laughs> too long. Way too long. Yeah. No, I listened to it and, and I guess the only thing I picked up on was like, I know your voice sounds different in your head, right? But it was, it was the swearing. Fuck, shit, fuck. Just constantly like peppering my words with swear words constantly yeah you've done much better this time around a bit bit calmer maybe i was more nervous last time yeah i feel like the change in scene (laughs) and just while we're on this subject i've set up the full podcast so to all the people out there listening expect regular content hopefully weekly and i wanted to say that publicly because reading a book (laughs) about goals it's better to sort of tell people about them but we got a nice little studio with a view now it's a bit more peaceful and i'm looking forward to getting into it because it's actually a really interesting time for new zealand and the other thing is um to make sure to subscribe because one thing i learned from logan logan paul online is you got a repetition on the internet's a real big one yeah like every video that youtuber will tell you to subscribe twice comes it into you oh yeah yeah. oh actually i've heard that right if you just on youtube if you just say subscribe or bring up the word subscribe or you remind your users to do it that that does increase the number of people that actually go yeah Oh, yeah. It's all important for that algorithm, right? Like, got to get those that interactions. Yeah, definitely. It's not just views. It's uh, What is it for podcasts? What are people supposed to do? Just listen. It's just listening. Yeah. Maybe eventually I'll get, like, a little YouTube Starting, video. Do, do you see engagement? Like, how long people have been listening? Yeah, like, on it's average, incredible. Do you see where they drop out? Yeah. Oh, here's their part, Danny. <laughs> Danny was talking about the penis. So we, we, we dropped out. <laughs> we can always edit it out just that, to that la- last time out. last time i don't know if your, your listeners will be aware but last time we spoke we it was an extra was it an extra hour we talked about housing in new zealand yeah and then <laughs> we cut it out because it was so depressing <laughs> i even felt sad listening to it back <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we really didn't nail the subject it was just no, typical, no. typical uh, rhetoric i don't, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm just I'm a, I'm a doomsday right? About housing. I mean, you could, you could put it... Well, right, if we're going to really. talk about if, this, if, if, you need to be maybe, more positive maybe about not, it. Maybe not housing, just everything in general. I, I look at it more positively in the sense that I think I uh, prepare for the worst. Hope mm. for the best. Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah, pretty negative. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but like, I don't know, I guess just my nature, like always questioning everything. It's like almost anything if you look into it too deep it's always it's like everything's based on either money or greed or power or you know what i mean like it's, it's uh yeah not, not, i don't know always comes back conclusion for some reason yeah they reckon neoliberalism that's sort of uh regime we are in the, and the rest has been the west has sort of been under it since i think it was reagan and margaret thatcher who brought in neoliberalism which was the start of globalization, mm. which is actually suppressed wages to housing prices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we see what's happening in the States. And they reckon one of the best indicators for increase or decrease in crime is the inequality between rich guys and poor guys. Yeah. Because if you're living in like Brazil and your whole neighborhoods, or Cuba is actually a great example. Cuba's a poor country, but everyone's poor, so people are pretty happy. 
And then you go to Central America, which is close by, right? Um, some of those countries like Mexico have really rich and really poor people mm. and they see a higher crime and murder rate in those countries just because people can't help but compare themselves to mm. their neighbours. Well, that's the thing everyone always thinks. No, not New Zealand, but it's like... Oh, and their quality shocking. I know, it's, it, it can get worse. Uh, I mean, there's countries where you know, nearly no one owns a house. That's definitely something that could happen here, right, where it's like a, a country of renters. Crime can definitely get way worse and equality can get way worse. Like, it's we, we, we're, we're good here, but everything can fall over. It can get worse. You know, there can be issues. Well, I guess the thing is, is above people over 40 who sort of got rich, not through salary, but their house prices mm. going up. Mm. And that's why there's so much coverage on housing because people want to know how much more money their house is worth mm. now because that's the retirement and stuff. Yeah. But when all those homeowners start retiring and then we come through not owning houses, yeah, it's going to be pretty awkward when people don't know where they're going to live because rent's like 500 bucks a week and the pension's like 400 Yeah. You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. And so then, it's a it's a coming, like you said, when, a coming when, apocalypse. When you're talking about retirement, you're talking about all of the maths on retirement, on pension, and can you survive through retirement? You have to have this much money put aside for retirement. You know, read the fine print. It always says based on freehold house. The assumption is, is that you own a freehold house and you're paying some rates and some power and water. Damn. Like, you, do you know what I mean? Like not paying ever increasing rents. So that's the... That's, yeah, I talked to my Uber driver, um, who was a 60-year-old Samoan lady. She was just talking about how she's living with her daughter at the moment. And the mm. thing is, she's 60. She would love her own place and space because she feels a little bit like a burden on her daughter. But she's like, I'm doing Uber and I'm like too late to the housing game. Mm. How are you going to get a deposit in five years in a house? Mm. So essentially, we, we're going to have the shift and I'm noticing it already, like, people are always saying young people are staying at home long, and it's like, yeah, because mm. <laughs> housing's going up in prices and the incentive is to save money. And so we're actually seeing a revert back to more family staying in the house longer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The average Auckland kid now mm. lives at home probably to 22 and goes to either AUT or Auckland Uni. Mm or just got a job in retail and lives at home for a few years, you know, where at least if you go away for uni and stuff, it forces you outside the house. But it's pretty tough to go out if it's going to cost you three fifty, four hundred a week just oh, yeah. for rent and food. Exactly, exactly. And then, I mean, even if you did want to buy a house, you've got to pay all of those really high rents and then you've got to put aside, what, $100,000, $200,000 spare cash? Yes. Like most people can't even rub together $1,000 spare cash, let alone hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know? It's like... Yeah, they reckon, and that's the thing, so there's this generation who needs to get a 20% deposit, which, like you said, <laughs> is at least 120000 Yeah. So those Kiwi builds that you get for six fifty, what's that? It's, I think it's $130,000 deposit. Mm. How? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money, right? And that's with a student loan debt of like 60K. Yeah. So what that neoliberalism did was they put the burden, it's user pays. Yeah. So uni used to be way cheaper, but now we pay for it. 
And so you got to get out a 60 grand worth of debt before yeah. you have to save $120,000. Yeah. And that the wages are going up like 3% a year on yeah. average compared to house prices going up yeah, 10%. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this exponential curve. Yeah. And if you want to. Oh, get- man, we're getting depressing. Yeah, we're eh? getting- <laughs> what can we talk about that's positive? What's a positive subject? Well, we can't talk about the CCP or. No, that's not a positive subject. <laughs> Um, you know what is pretty interesting you know what I think we talked about TV before and we brought up Game of Thrones and lost the two most you know non-positive things that we could possibly bring up with that subject god what is positive I'm watching the office 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 is great yeah that's not depressing so that makes you feel good right like that's what's so unique about that show is that you did it was positive. It was just, it was positive. It oh, the like US a, one. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about the UK. The UK love a little bit of downtrodden humour. Yeah, but like with the US one, it was always, there was always a feel-good story to it. Yeah, there's something fun about the lovable, dorky boss who just wants to be friends with everyone, you know? Just, yeah, yeah. Just, just um, sort of plays different on the average we get, less, we get less comedy movies these days as well, don't we? Yeah. It's just not as many comedies being made either. Are we just as a society just getting sad? Well, that's what they <laughs> say. We're positive anything. Fuck, bring the weed in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, wow, um, yeah, another, let's not touch on this one, but anxiety in the youth. What I thought would be a good one to touch on and what I think might be happening at the moment, I reckon there's been a flip in 10 years ago. There used to be articles all the time calling it the brain drain where New Zealanders were leaving for Australia. Yeah. It's been interesting talking to my Australian friends. It's flicked back where Australians are thinking about New Zealand mm. and the quality of life in New Zealand's rising faster than Australia. Well, mm. you know how it's just a bit of a political shit show at the moment and they got that sort of old school regnet culture. Mm. They're like in many US in terms of a yeah. divided country yeah. who has big conflicts with China, who hasn't beaten coronavirus. Yeah. You know, they're just a bit kicked down. And yeah. I swear global warming's made the weather better in Auckland, eh? <laughs> as bad as that sounds. Well, we just had the warmest winter on record, I think. Yeah. And now it's, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. It's, terrible it's pretty stuff. scary. It's pretty <laughs> scary to think like. And then Australia was on fire in January. Yeah, I didn't right. even add that to the list yeah. of depressing facts about Australia. Yeah. So I've actually been talking to a couple of Australian friends who are actually listeners as well, part of that Australian demographic, just talking to them just about also the the lifestyle compared to Australians who can be more righteous and more confrontational, yeah. more intense. And when you add in political division, yeah. it gets a bit bitey. Yeah. And like you just see that with the Aboriginal population and just how far behind they are. And they just love to drag their toes over there. Yeah, I mean, like, I've never lived in Australia. I mean, I've been over there a few times for holidays and visits and even work. Sorry, I love Australians and they got great banter and really confident people and awesome. Yeah. So, just so, sort so, of offering I mean, a unique yeah, perspective yeah. at this point I mean, the, point way, in the, time. Way, the way I see Australia is, I mean, definitely with the Aboriginal people, that, you know, not not great. Um, definitely, I guess in my, my small experience with them is 
I do feel like they are a bit more racist than than Av. They're definitely confident when it comes to business. They're sharp, sharper. Uh, they're the also nose. like New Zealand. We have our tall poppy syndrome. If I went out there and went, "Fuck, I'm the best at this," people would be like, "Fuck you, pal." Whereas in Australia, you know, everyone's vying to be the best. It felt like when I've been there for work. Like, yeah, but it makes it more cutthroat and it is. stabby. More cutthroat, more cutthroat. Yeah, I mean, temperature-wise. So it's, it gets pretty hot over there, <laughs> um, but but different different kind of heat. Like you can still you can still survive without sunblock for a little while. Whereas in New Zealand, you're like minutes and you're you're toast. You know. So I feel like that's getting better as the ozone layer gets fixed, or maybe I'm just better at applying like, sunscreen. I'm just, well, I'm definitely not going outside as much. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a. I mean, cost of living definitely feels like it's a lot lower and housing feels a little bit more reasonable. But politics-wise, when you say about it's like mini America, I mean, that's definitely looking at their politics and their people in politics. And, uh, yeah, it definitely feels a lot more sort of oppressive than maybe what we are in New Zealand. Just bring it forward a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. touch the mic forward a little bit. But um, Yeah, nice. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange. Yeah, I, I think we do really have it. We do have it really well. And oh yeah, it's just that we're just. Oh my god, the fact we navigated COVID so well. Yeah, like we got cases now, but we had like three months of bliss. Yeah, where life went back to normal. Yeah, and it just gave us this reprieve, and we just had lockdown for two and a half weeks, and the the vibe shift compared to the first lockdown. Yeah, like people were real low. And if you're in Victoria, Australia, you've been in lockdown for several really weeks. Long time. Yeah. And it's the morale. Like think of that constant lack of social interaction. But they definitely have that, you know, saying about that. Like they've, they've got some of those hillbillies, right? They've got some like, you can't tell me what to do type people. It's yeah. Just being like, yeah, I've got COVID, fuck it, I still went out. Like just complete insanity, right? Like, and not not completely acceptable, but somewhat acceptable, strangely enough. On mass, you know. Well, they just weren't keen to shut the economy down. Eh? No. They just let it get away on them. Yeah. And that's the freaky thing. Like, I feel so bad in politics now where COVID, you can't win either way. Because I remember yeah. National was criticizing Labor at the start for going too hard at COVID. Yeah. And then they got rid of it. And then when they were sort of saying they wouldn't have gone so hard. And then when it came back in, there was a criticism that it, it was gone and now it's back. And I was like, well, you know, yeah, exactly. would, we have not, would we have got rid of it if we didn't go into a lockdown? No, no, no. It was just, it just would be far worse than what it was. Like, you know. We'd... But it's just incredible how this has just flicked the world off because even stuff like the Black Lives Matter protests, people have more time yeah. because more people are unemployed. Yeah. And you need time to protest. Like if you're yeah. working nine to five on Monday night, you can't go out protesting. No, no. So yeah. think about how it's just made the world that much spicier. <laughs> you got like. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the thing for New Zealand is that the way I look at it is that they put people before profit, whereas a lot of other countries put profit before people or they tried to balance it so that they could get more profit. You know, like rather than New Zealand feels a lot more like 100% people 
no profit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. like 99% people, 1% profit. Whereas then you've got America where they're like 99% profit, 1% Whoa. people or whatever, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a balance that we have put people first, which I think is the unusual thing. And what I was talking about before about putting everything, you know, there's always like, it's that whole follow the money, right? Like, as well as that dark side but behind it. this is where it's real cool like and this is one thing i hope because we've handled this situation so well there's been a lot of international coverage on new zealand mm. like the fact that we got rid of it the mm. new zealand lifestyle mm. so the desirability to move to new zealand say over australia and canada mm. has gone up and pretty much the they were sort of released figures that a lot more u.s tech companies are thinking mm. of moving base because mm-hmm. of the instability more neutral country, maybe against China. So they're processing with that. And I hope that when they open up the borders again, they really try and funnel more of that tech industry to come in yeah. just as a safe democracy. Because this is where it gets real interesting because I read a book and it sort of said we're in a democratic recession the last 15 years. Mm. The power and strength of democracy has gone down significantly. Mm. And what they're trying to say about that is New Zealand's coming more and more attractive to move your business because national or labor can get in and they're mm. not going to flip the table. No. You know? No. There's no table flipping going on and businesses don't like that. So in a weird way, we're looking more medium to long term. Mm. Yeah, and be- I like the vibe in New Zealand, the fact that we all, I reckon it's helped increase community vibes. Although, like, personal one-to-one confrontations, there's been more sort of tension in the air. But there's this, I don't know, especially mm. at the start, like, I wasn't a big fan of the word kind. It's a, It feels a bit soft. No, no, but- I, I agree. It definitely was, especially at first lockdown, like, uh, immediately. Like, we hadn't spoken to, I have mean, spoken to most of our neighbours, but some of them we hadn't. And we all got onto a WhatsApp group together. Whoa. You, you know what I mean? Like, probably a good 20 houses or something like that. You know, it was a, it was a, a good whack of them. And then when uh, I'd take my daughter for a walk during lockdown like people were smiling or saying hi or waving yeah. or yeah it was it was a very and the titties were in the windows yeah, yeah. for the kids to and, look at and, and it was a very positive sort of vibe and it feels like we're not quite there but we're still there's still like a remnants of like that kindness still sort of lingering around a little bit especially bit as we fuzz. come into the second one yeah it's not exactly it's not as, five million yeah it's not <laughs> as tall as what it was but it's it's definitely still there to some extent yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's been a great well, and I just noticed a lot more people going to parks and up mountains. I oh, feel yeah. like lockdown triggered that in people and now they've cut off access to One Tree Hill and uh, Mount Eden to cars and wow. <laughs> like the people have flocked. It's almost interesting that the cars going away yeah. has increased people because they feel safer and it's less noisy and yeah. Just got people out in the parks. Yeah. You know, it's been fantastic. And the other big benefit, so like closer bonding time or, but the sad thing is a lot of parents were quite happy to get rid of the kids after six weeks or eight weeks, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I, but I mean, I guess the other thing as well is that they're saying that there's an increase in domestic violence and oh, you know, really? there is still, still a downside of being trapped in a house you know the, and, uh, death, building and the, boredom and 
they reckon the death rates drop quite a bit. Death rates from what? Uh, during lockdown, like there was a decrease in deaths that they would expect year on year. It's probably from all the car coverage. <laughs> but not only that, like you die from stress, right? And this is something people don't consider. Like when you're stressed, stress kills. Yeah, I have no idea about the stats on, on accidental deaths because, I mean, if you're sitting in your house less likely to die right oh yeah you step out your door you're rolling the dice oh yeah time, so. especially some of if you're in forestry you know like there's pretty much <laughs> two a month or something we had something like yeah. 107 workplace deaths last year yeah it was one of our biggest ever like 107 workplace deaths you probably hear about one or two in the in the news yeah but i wonder if there's a long knock-on effect of that as well like let's say if i had some kind of illness or issue that was going to uh let's say it kills me in six months to a year but if i got treatment for it i could live another five ten years or something i wonder if there's a whole lot of people because of lockdown uh have missed out on you know long-term life life-saving or life-increasing surgeries or diagnosis yeah, or, they did worry about that yeah so uh, yeah i wonder if there's a, a bit of a knock-on effect but i guess it makes sense that more people yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's the covid chat i'm sure everyone's sick of um oh, i can't look at it anymore at one news it was like ah all you see is that america's given up and everyone, <laughs> <laughs> every everywhere it's crack up like they yeah. open the schools and then two weeks yeah. later they've shut them because there's been this ridiculous outbreak and oh my i just i, I can't imagine right now like you know we've got to spare a thought for the boomers because They'll be sitting there come boating time and they'll have their, their shaky hands above the boat and they'll be going, oh, they chose people over profit. Shall I vote for them because they're keeping me alive because I'm the most at risk it's, here? It's, or do I vote for my house value? I don't know what to do. This is the interesting <laughs> thing because even my dad, who's straight blue canoe, like real through and through, yeah. like he, he's got blue butt blood. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, I'm struggling a bit more than normal. Obviously, mm. there's quite a hard line mm. uh, policy coming out from National, but um, just the fact that because COVID's targeted at old people and they were more scared about it, yeah. it's tough. They reckon, like, I read a cool article, they said that the Asian community was really appreciative of the COVID response, but it hasn't switched them over to Labour voters. Like... Um, <laughs> Only twenty percent vote for Labour, I think, in New Zealand. Yeah, so because it it's is real interesting like, that that's the new way up. But it, yeah. but like, there's the idea that the other party might have had the same response. But then you look back at those <laughs> videos and they're like, it's too tough. It's not good yeah, for yeah, small yeah, business. Exactly. So that's that's the thing. I, I do believe that if National were in power. I don't think they would have completely and utterly fucked it up like America nah. or Australia. We got very sensitive, yeah, yeah. healthy political parties. We do, we do. Savage. We do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But Labor, National, whatever. I mean, you know, obviously they do lean towards certain things and and, and whatever. But I, I I do believe that we're lucky in New Zealand where most politicians will have the people of New Zealand at heart, regardless of what side they're in, which I don't think that you get in other countries. I think they are Driven for profit, for popularity, for whatever power. personal gain there is. We we just have less of that in New Zealand, I feel. But I do think that national, when I was talking before about the slider between people and, and profit, I think yeah, national more. would have had a little bit more profit 
and minds than people. And yeah, like you say, because COVID does target older people, it will be a position where you're like, okay, I, I know that they're going to put me first. And w- what's more important? Is it, is it my safety and my health, the, the risk, or is it the, you know, the profit? And I don't know, what are the reasons that they yeah. vote? Uh, well, thanks again for joining us today, Cookie. Great insights, as per always. Pretty positive, and um, <laughs> <laughs> pretty positive. <laughs> and um, I hope everyone enjoyed this show. And please remember to subscribe and share the words with your friends because we really appreciate it, and we're loving doing this and the engagement with the fans. So thanks a lot, guys. That was the big picture. Share the word.